You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 319, The Importance of the Church, A Look at the Acts of the Apostles. So what we're going to be doing in this, this new series is for several episodes, we're going to be working through uh, the background and then some of the main themes of the Acts of the Apostles. You know, I tell you, I'm more convinced than ever that Christian community is absolutely vital. And, you know, for many people, the church does not play a relevant role in their lives anymore. But I think it's worth exploring uh, where the church came from, how it started, and why the, the body of Christ, the church of Jesus, is still relevant in the world today. And as we get started, you know, I want to, this is, this is going to be based on God's Word as we look through Acts of the Apostles. You know, every answer to every problem that people face is found in God's Word. And I get it, that's not popular today. You know, we want to find our answers in other places. We want to find our answers inside ourselves. But but really, the the, the Creator is the one who holds the answers, and it's in His Word um, that that He wants to speak to us and also uh, meet our needs and, and, and really the answers to our problems. That's where they are found. And, and so... As we begin to turn our attention to the Acts of the Apostles, it's good to kind of set up where it uh, fits in connection with the other New Testament writings. If you flip your New Testament over, there's uh, four Gospels. There's Matthew, there's Mark, there's Luke, and there is John. These four Gospels uh, really give us perspectives and and give us a a narrative on the life of Christ. Uh, Each of the Gospels is written to a specific group of Christians. That explains a lot of the differences and why they were written as they were. Each writer was different in what he was trying to do with his book. That's why each each Gospel emphasizes different things in a little bit of a, a different way. And they all tell the basic, same basic story, but there's different things that are emphasized. There's different things that are highlighted. Um, you know, Mark may uh, cover some miracles that John doesn't. John may actually mentions a couple of miracles and, and, and different encounters that Jesus had with people that the other writers don't talk about. So definitely worth um, understanding how the Gospels fit together. So the Gospels give us the life of Christ, the earthly life and ministry of Jesus. And when we look at uh, the Acts of the Apostles, we understand that the same writer that wrote the Gospel of Luke also wrote the Acts of the Apostles. In fact, in the early church, it was Luke-Acts. It was one document. But over time, it was split in half because it is a, it's a very different, uh, two different works. So, uh, the Gospel of Luke 
conveys the 33-ish years of Jesus's ministry, and then the gospel or, or the Acts of the Apostles conveys the first 30 years of the early church. And it takes us after Jesus's ministry. He, he meets with his disciples after the resurrection. Then he's taken into heaven, and they are left to continue what Jesus started. Um, some have said the Acts of the Apostles should really be called the Gospel of the Holy Spirit or the Acts of the Holy Spirit um, because it's really the Holy Spirit working through Jesus' followers. Um, in, in the very first verse of Acts, uh, the writer Luke talks about how in his first volume he began to, to write about all that Jesus began to do and teach. And then here in this one, in, in, in Acts of the Apostles, he's continuing that through his followers. Now, it's always good to ask, who was this book being written to? Who was the book being written to? Um, as we've said, each of the Gospels was written to a specific audience. Matthew was written to Jewish Christians. Uh, Mark was written to Roman Christians. Luke, the Gospel of Luke, was written to Greek Christians. John appears to be more universal in his outlook. He was living in Ephesus at the time, and so he wrote a book that would have broad universal appeal. But the Acts of the Apostles um, seems to be written to Greeks and non-Jewish Christians with a background in idolatry. And this is important because you always want to know your audience. And so that seems to be who, who Luke was writing to. Those are some of the things that he emphasizes. He emphasizes the uh, importance of the separation, uh, if you will, between Judaism and Christianity. Because for the longest time, uh, it was just assumed by the authorities that Christianity was uh, merely just a sect of Judaism. But, but Luke establishes that it's very, very different. Um, Jesus didn't come to reform Judaism. He came to transform the lives of people and to really show us the way that God had um, intended all along for things to be done. So that's a bit about his audience. The author, what do we know about the author, Luke himself? Well, Paul tells us in one of his letters that he is a doctor. Luke is a doctor. Paul refers to him as the beloved physician. And, and this, this actually makes a lot of sense because when you read uh, Luke's writings in Luke and in the Acts, uh, when he talks about medical situations, people that are sick, he uses clear medical language, much clearer um, than any other writer in his uh, medical terminology, um, seems to be very well developed. Um, obviously, he was an educated man. His vocabulary is the biggest of any writer in the New Testament. Uh, and when you put the two books together, Luke and Acts, you've got about 25% of the New Testament. So it's a, it's a big chunk of Scripture. So we know Luke was a doctor. We also know that he was a friend and team member of the Apostle Paul. Now, this is fascinating because we see... Uh, Luke actually traveling with Paul. There's a couple of times in the Acts of the Apostles where we actually get first-person accounts of, of what they're doing. He talks about how we did this and we did that. So obviously he's traveling with Paul during those times. Um, very closely connected with the Apostle Paul and his ministry. 
And this leads into the other aspect of, of the author that we want to talk about, and that's the fact that he was a pastor. Um, he obviously cares about people. He teaches through stories, and he writes like a pastor. He writes about things that, that a pastor would be concerned with, very pastoral, pastoral in his approach in the gospel and in the Acts of the Apostles. But it's more than just saying he had a, a, the attitude of a pastor. Uh, it, we actually know from, from what we see in Acts 16 that he spent time pastoring in at least one church, and that was the church of Philippi. After Paul and his companion Silas and, and a few others had to flee uh, because of persecution, Luke stayed behind as the pastor for this new church. So that lets us know that he wasn't just a pastor in thought um, or just in the way he wrote, but he was actually a hands-on pastor and actually served in a local church. So this is what we know about the author. Uh, Luke. And then what about the text itself? As we've said, uh, Luke-Acts comprises 25% of the New Testament. Uh, the, the writer Luke uses the same template as the gospel. Um, very, very interesting when you compare the, the, the way the, the, the gospel is written and then the way the book of Acts is written. They're actually written very similarly in style. It's almost like you use the same template. And then, of course, Luke tells us how he wrote. In chapter 1 of the Gospel of Luke, he actually gives us a little bit of insight and understanding into how he put things together. Listen to what he says here. This is in Luke chapter 1, um, talking about his writing style, if you will. He says, Many people have set out to write an account about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They used eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided to write a careful account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so that you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. So, so here we get this picture of Luke investigating carefully, and then he also refers to eyewitness accounts. So, uh, obviously, there would have been other documents that he would have pulled from, uh, but the eyewitness accounts would have also been very, very powerful because many of Jesus' followers were still alive. Uh, maybe Jesus' mother was still alive. When you read the Gospel of Luke, he gives the, the longest and most in-depth of the birth narratives of Jesus. Where did he get that? Well, maybe he interviewed Mary. Um, so eyewitness reports, careful investigation, um, obviously, he was wanting to get it right, and this is, this is important. Now, when we look into the Acts of the Apostles, remember we're talking about our overarching theme here is the importance of the church. And, you know, let's look at some of the key people that we find talked about in the Acts of the Apostles because, you know, everything hinges on leadership. You, you look at any aspect of life, whether it's a, a business, a sports team, a, a church, um, leadership plays such a big role in that organization's success or failure. And so when we look into the Acts of the Apostles and we look into the early church, we see really some amazing leadership studies. First of all, Peter, the first half of Acts, uh, deals with the Apostle Peter's ministry. What a leader he was. Sure, he had his problems, but who doesn't? But ultimately, he was one of the very 
uh, foundational leaders of the early church. The, the second half of Acts focuses primarily on the ministry of Paul. And we'll, we'll talk a bit more about his ministry, but he was the guy who took the gospel into the, the Roman world. He took what, what Jesus had started, what the other apostles had been carrying into the, the Jewish world, and then he took it and translated it, if you will, into the uh, non-Jewish world and made it relevant for them as well. But in between, we see leaders such as Stephen, you know, the great Stephen. He was a deacon, and yet God used him as an evangelist. He became uh, one of the first martyrs in the early church. Um, Philip, Philip the evangelist. He was another deacon in the early church, and yet God used him in a mighty way as an evangelist. He was the one who took the gospel into uh, Samaria, where uh, many Jews were, would not go because of their own um, prejudice. Uh, we find James, the, the brother of Jesus, who became ultimately became the leader of the church in Jerusalem after Peter um, you know, transitioned to more of an evangelist role. So we see these other great leaders. We see um, young leaders like Timothy, who um, was converted under Paul's ministry, and then you know, he actually writes a couple of letters to him. And so you see some great, great leaders who were... Uh, captivated, who were transformed, who were, um, you know, really uh, moved by the power of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, and took the message of Jesus into the world. And when we talk about that, you know, I, I travel, I do missionary work, you know, I can be on a plane and be pretty much anywhere in the world within 24 hours, but it wasn't like that then. I mean, it was, you know, months and months of travel, walking, and, you know, ships that sank, and you know, walking some more, and you know, it, it was quite a quite a process. So, um, these are some of the key people, and these were some of the foundational leaders who helped take the gospel into the world. Well, don't go away. We'll be right back. Just want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Peter and Paul in Acts. This is a exciting study of the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, really, it needs to be on every every Christian shelf, I think, because it gives such a great background on not only the, the Acts of the Apostles, but also give a background on Luke. We talk about Luke as a historian. You know, one of the things he's been criticized for is... And, and even some of the other gospel writers as well as the, the, the fact, the attitude that um, they were making things up as they went. But what we find is when we study, when we dig in just a little bit, we find that Luke was actually pr probably one of the most credible historians of his day. But not only do we deal with some of the background history, we actually work through the Acts of the Apostles and we look at Peter and Paul and how they planted churches, how they took the message of Jesus into the rest of the world. So Peter and Paul and Acts, check it out. I know you'll love it. Well, all right. We're going to start digging into some of the, the key themes of the Acts of the Apostles. Um, obviously, there's so many things we could talk about in the background of the book, but, uh, you know, like I mentioned, uh, the resource highlight, Peter and Paul and Acts, that's a great place to go if you want more, back, more background. But let's talk about um, we're going to talk about the church. We're talking about the importance of the church. And the first key theme 
that we see in the Acts of the Apostles is the mission. What is the mission of the church? And this is interesting because, let's face it, there's, there's confusion sometimes about what we should be doing as Christians. Should we be involved in social justice? Well, probably. I think that's probably a good thing. Um, what about humanitarian projects? Yeah, of course. Social projects, sure. Mass evangelism and, and, and individual evangelism. Um, you know, there's all these things I think that, that, that we should be involved in. But listen to what, what Jesus said here. This is, this is Jesus himself talking. The, the, the disciples asked, they said, um, the, and this is after Jesus was resurrected, and they said, Lord, are you at this time? I mean, you're raised from the dead. You're alive again. Are you at this time um, going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus said, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. That's a good verse to remember, especially with all the end times teaching we hear today. Um, God set the times and dates, and they're not for us to know. But, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And that's in um, Acts 1, 6 through 8. So I think, you know, before we start, you know, really thinking we need to um, be involved in a lot of uh, peripheral things, I think first and foremost, we understand that Jesus has called us to spread his message throughout the world. Uh, maybe in foreign lands, uh, maybe your neighbor across the street. You know, one of the, the things that you see, the pattern that you see in Acts is this pattern of planting churches and making disciples. Um, you know, again, when we talk about the church, we're talking about the importance of the church. Many folks seem to believe that they can have a faith apart from Christian community. And it really doesn't work that way. And, you know, we think we can go and, you know, hold crusades and, and get lots of people saved. But if there's not a local church for them to plug into, we're wasting our time and efforts. And so when we talk about church planting and making disciples, these are this is the pattern that you see the early church undertaking. And discipleship is most effective in the context of, of a local church. Jesus called us all to be disciple makers. He said, go and make disciples. Well, if, if we don't have a place to plant them, for them to grow, develop their gifts, develop their talents, a place for them to serve, uh, to be refreshed, then we're again, we're wasting our efforts. So when we, we go through the book of Acts. In fact, if you start in Acts 13, uh, when you see Paul and, and Barnabas on these missionary journeys, they were going and, and planting churches in, in areas where there had been no churches before. And, you know, this is, this is new ground. This is, you know, missionary work 101. And yet, um, we see that they left behind these Christian communities. And 
the the nature of the church was that when they came back a year and a half, two years later, these Christian communities still exist. It wasn't like they could get on a Zoom call with them. Um, Paul sent letters. He would send other people to, to check on them, but it was a very difficult thing. But it shows the power of the Holy Spirit working through His people and Christian community. So what is our mission? Well, we're to be witnesses of Jesus. Um, Strategy-wise, uh, discipleship and church planting. That doesn't mean that we're not involved in, you know, digging wells for people that need clean water. That's vitally important. Doesn't mean we're not feeding people. Doesn't mean we're not, you know, sponsoring children through Compassion International or other projects. Um, you know, giving money to homeless shelters or working in, you know, inner cities. That All that's important, but it's secondary compared to what our mission is, and that is making disciples, planting churches, making disciples, and planting churches. And, you know, the, the one of the things today I think that we've kind of has maybe gotten a little blurry in the church is even the idea of what our message is. You know, what is our message? Um, you know, G, Paul, or, sorry, Peter said in Acts 4, he said, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. We're not saved by getting involved in, you know, whatever uh, the media thinks we need to be involved in. We're not getting saved by being involved in social justice campaigns. Although it's important, we're not saved by um, giving food to the poor. We're saved through the name of Jesus. And then once we're saved, then we look at these other things. And, and, and you know, Peter just said it very, very clearly. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And, you know, our methods might change. The way we plant churches might change. The way we reach people, the way we even make disciples might change. But the message is eternal. And so we're constantly tweaking our strategy. Um, we're constantly adjusting the way we do things. But, but the mission is the same. The message is eternal. And, you know, we may change our methods periodically, but it, but the, and that's fine. But ultimately, the goal is to proclaim Christ. Well, I'm going to stop there. That's our first key theme. We've got several more to go through. We'll be doing this probably over the next couple of weeks and exploring the Acts of the Apostles, the importance of the church. Uh, today we got into the background of it. We talked about what our mission is and how important it is really for the church to be on mission. And, and, and if you're in a church that really doesn't sense, have a sense of mission, you might want to reevaluate where you're at because Every local church should have some sense of mission. Look, we all don't do the same things. We all can't do the same things. But together, we can do a lot of stuff. And so finding a church that's on mission, that's doing things in the community um, and other places, I think is very, very important. So examine where you guys are at and what you're a part of. Well, friends, I'd love to hear from you. Um, I'd love to hear your comments, hear your thoughts. Go to davidspell.com, leave me a question or a comment about today's post. Let's keep the conversation going. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so that we 
can stay in touch. Well, thanks for being with me today, and we will see you next week on Leading and Learning.